welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! I just want to take a moment just to welcome our online community. We are always a week behind. I just want to welcome you into today's experience. But also, uh, I send uh, Pastor Sean and Pastor Michelle's love to you. They are in a, in, a, in a lot of meetings in Toronto this weekend. And just, just send their love to you. It's just awesome to see that we have this opportunity just to send them to speak into prophetic councils. And just to be with other leaders across our nation is such a, such a privilege for us. Um, during the summer, and if you're tracking with us since the beginning of the year, actually since the beginning of the year, we've been around this theme of a new landscape, God bringing a new landscape into to 2023. And we talk about three revelations, revelation of community that we spent pretty much the first semester at, then the revelation of generosity and the revelation of gospel the power of God. During summer, we actually kicked off and being focusing on the revelation of generosity. I don't know about you, but I don't want summer to end. It has a lot of sadness when summer is, is almost over. For me, we could still keep going on summer. So because I love summer, we're going to keep going on the revelation of generosity because I still feel more juice from the Holy Spirit just to share with you around this theme. Actually, this week I read a passage that I read it that before, but I focus on a few of the first verses and I felt Holy Spirit just leading us this morning into a deeper revelation of generosity and I want to read this chapter to you it's 2nd Corinthians verses 9 oh, chapter 9 verses 1 to 5 a lot of you are familiar with a few verses down the line hopefully we'll get to those today um, so let's read verses 1 to 5 I really don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. For I know how eager you are to help, and I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. But I'm sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready. And as I have been telling them, and that your money is all collected, I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, and not to mention your own embarrassments. If some Macedonians believers come uh, with me and found out that you weren't ready to give after all I have told them. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of time to make sure your gifts promise, you promise is ready. But I want you to be a willing gift and not one giving grudgingly. I love these verses, and the first thing that called my attention is that in verse 2 it says, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many Macedonians believers to begin giving. How awesome is that your generosity would be moving people to begin trusting God with their finances. Wouldn't it be awesome? 
how many of you want such a generosity that will move other people to begin trusting God and say, hey, I see the testimony in Liz's life with her trusting with her money box, and I want that for my life. I want to see what God will do. If he moves for her, he can move for me. And your testimony begins awakening that desire to begin trusting God in the area of finances. We're going to be focusing on generosity today. And I know we already take time every morning, but I, I want you to remove the fear because I feel like there's so much that we can access here with generosity this morning. And actually, verses 5 is actually what really gets my attention. But I want to read from a different version that it says from the New King James Version says, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gifts beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. I love that. Paul is sending people to prepare them. You may ask, Eduardo, why do we do the moment of giving that we just had on hosting every week? Why do we do that? To announce what's happening? Everybody knows giving is coming when we do hosting and announcements. Is it for simple engagements? No. It's to prepare and stir something in you. I love about this because they had so much exciting and happiness happening in their hearts. It was over a year in advance and they were super excited to give and to invest in what God was doing. They prepared that long in advance knowing that God was going to move. And I love what is Paul trying to encourage them to prepare. It says here that he may be ready as a matter of generosity. A different version when I read it in Portuguese the first time it says your expression of generosity. And I want to talk today about a matter of generosity. And what does it mean that really that expression of you of generosity? I always thought when I heard of generosity that it speaks about the willingness or unwillingness to give. But it's not. Here we say that you could either give, going back to the New Living Translation version, as a willing gift or one that gives grudgingly. So it can be either out of greed or out of generosity. It can either be a matter of generosity or a matter of greed. So you can give and still not experience generosity in your giving. And I, I believe that God wants to take us even deeper into the root and says generosity. So I'm going to read the definition of generosity. Uh, out of the Greek, the word actually translates, and actually Pastor Sean read this uh, a few months ago when he first shared. It says, uh, singleness without folds like a piece of cloth unfolded, not compounded or overcomplicated. Generosity is something that is not complicated. Dictionary this, this, uh, defines us as liberal in giving, someone that is open-handed. And the definition of greed is a selfish or excessive desire for something such as money, or more, more of something such as money than it's needed. And why did the, did you ask yourself, like, why did Paul wanted the believers to prepare and to express their generosity so bad? Was Paul interested in benefiting his ministry and growing his ministry? No. 
was Paul interested in the result that that could happen to, so that he can finance other mission trips that he was having? No. The result was that the fruit, what the fruit of their generosity could cause in people's hearts. What he knew, the power of generosity. He knew what generosity causes inside of us. In Philippians 4, 17, it says, not, not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek the profit, in other translations, the fruit, which increases your accounts. So generosity carries fruits that will bring increase into your life. And how many of you here like increase? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I want my life to increase, my bank account to increase, other things to increase. We love that, right? So I want today to explore what this expression of generosity really means to us and bring us to three points that I feel like generosity hits home and causes transformation. Not only transformation in us, but in the community that we live, in the ones around us. So number one, it causes heart transformation. Here's the verse that I'm going to read that everybody knows from this passage. It's in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So two verses after the verse 5 that I read. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or respond to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. What this verse talks about is where does generosity begin? You must each decide in your hearts. Generosity is hard work talks about what goes on inside your hearts when you hear about being generous, when you hear about being open-handed, not complicated with the things that God gave into your life. Not only finances, but your talents, your time, everything that God has poured into your life. How does your hearts move? And throughout this passage and these verses, why Paul is saying, hey, you got to be prepared, is because he knew a principle here. He wanted people to do the right thing in the right manner. I'll say that again. To do the right thing in the right manner. And this is so important, guys. If we look at the Bible and principles, we see that a lot happens. Is giving the right thing to do? Yeah. Is giving grudgingly the right thing to do? No. So you can do the right thing, which is give, and not still give the, the way be, with the heart behind it. And I love that the book of James goes to show, and I'll show you even in a verse towards the end of the message, how giving in our prayer life is super connected. But the book of James goes to show the heart behind prayer. And it says in verse uh, 2, chapter 4, verse 2 says, You do not have because you, not, you do not ask God. So there are people that are not doing the right thing, which is to pray. Verse 3 says, When you ask and you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend on your own pleasure. So it says, oh, you're doing the right thing, which is to pray, but you're not receiving. You're not doing it in the right manner. So you're not receiving as well the fruit. So important to this okay, equation has to be complete. I have to do the right thing in the right way. This is getting the heart behind any principles in the Bible. And I want to encourage us in our life with God. I want to do the right thing in the right manner. And there's something that we can't deny as we look into the scriptures, which is that God, 
his biggest expression of generosity, he was giving. He was giving his only son to us. So God modeled generosity by giving the best. And he wants, he's the number one person that is interested in us to reach our best potential in life, to become like he is. And Ephesians 1, 5, 1, I'm going to read a lot of verses today, so track with me. It says, Ephesians 5, 1 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Being generous is doing it the right way. It is reflecting the heart of God for us. He is a God that is generous and he desires for his children to model that generosity. Don't you read sometimes when you're raising your own children, you want them, when you're educating them to do the right thing? To obey you? To when they're in a public setting to act as you taught them while at home? to model after you, to look after you. I know that as a father, I can say that that's the one thing and things that brings the most joy when I look to Ethan many times is that I notice that a lot of the things that I do at home, he is the first one that is trying to imitate the, the things that I say. He's trying to, and when I see him mimicking a lot of my, uh, like either reactions or things that I say, that brings me a lot of joy. Because he sees some things in me that says, Daddy, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I want to be big as you are. So like he's seeing stuff and he's voicing those things. And that thing moves my heart as a father. I want to be able to, as he grows up, to be a model of what it looks like to be generous, to be kind to others, to, to carry the heart of Jesus. So that he is imitating that. So that desire to be like him, that's the desire that God is saying here in Ephesians. Like, I want you to imitate me, imitate Jesus. I sent you the model for you to, for you to live a life filled with love, following the example of Jesus. So I want to encourage that the number one thing, and I, that, that's why I'm just getting that number one point ahead of time, is that we understand the heart behind generosity. But number two we got to understand that our generosity has one power. It creates impacts. Do you know that your generosity creates impacts? Do you know anybody that was impacted by your, your generosity? When I think about that, I always think actually, Matt, of your example, like you, you were sharing once and giving a long time ago, and you shared how like you felt yourself a fruit for you. The fact that you received salvation was someone that invested into creating this place, creating an atmosphere for you to receive Jesus in the past. As we give here week in and week out, we're creating room for people to encounter Jesus, for people to receive an impact from his presence, for people to really encounter him. And I love Hebrews uh, 11.4 talks about an example of the impact of generosity. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although, look at this, Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. In the very beginning, one act of generosity 
is still speaking today. That's how powerful your generosity is. That's how powerful you move when you move in generosity that's happening. And I shared last week during my giving that God is not interested, and when I speak with generosity, He's not interested in your offering. He's interested in your hearts because He knows the impact that that's going to cause. So if you look at the principle, we talked about this example here that although Abel is long dead, He still speaks to us by His example. So let's go back to the beginning when that happened. Genesis 4, 3, and 5. So we came around the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord and uh, from the fruit of the ground. Abel, on his part, also brought an offering from the firstborn of his flock and from their fat portions. And the Lord regard for Abel's and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. God was a carnivore. He loved meats and he rejected <laughs> Cain's offering. No, <laughs> kidding he the one thing why God accepted his offering was why why do you think the heart but Abel brought it first it says here so it came about in the course of time that in the course of life can uh, course of time can be translated in into the end of times so at the very end Cain did all the work, reaped all the work, and there was a little bit left over, says God, for you. Abel said, no, no, you know what? The first, my best here, is God's. I'm going to trust God with, in the beginning of my journey, and this is, I believe, as Harley was saying during worship, is a powerful declaration into your future. When you trust God with your finances, you're saying, God, I trust that you take every." You take care of me every step of the way. I can give you my best now, and I won't lack anything. Psalms 23, just to quote the moment of worship. Lord is my shepherd, and I shall, shall not lack. And I just want to encourage you to trust with the best in the beginning. And the best and the first causes a huge impact, doesn't it? We all remember the first in our lives. The first kiss. I remember the first time I saw you guys at Aviation Team Rally. A lot of you remember. It was awesome. It made an impact. My wife and I, that weekend that we came, we said, we're not going to talk to each other. We're just going to believe if God called us to Canada, He's going to speak to both of us. And the first impression that we saw in the land, and I can promise you both, and I know that it was definitely supernatural, even when we stepped foot in Montreal Airport, we really felt something from the presence of God. This is your land. This is the place that I'm calling you to be. The first. I always, when I'm asking God to move or do something in my life, that, that happened when I went to Liberty University for my education years, I said, I want to go there first and see the land. And I feel there's power when we, that first time we see, the first time we encounter something. So there's a lot of power with the firsts. And God know, knows that. He knows the impact that it makes. He knows the difference. We know the value. So we value the first things. We, we value the first, first time I say I love you to someone. You value so much that sometimes like you hold on. I don't want to say it right now. So you value to the point and said, I want to say it. I love you. So there's a lot. I love you. <laughs> 
So there is value in that heart. And your gift has impact. And one of the, the giving experiences that impacted Jesus the most, like you're offering examples, it was a few coins. That actually I have a pastor friend of mine that took time to study how much it would cost to have an accountant, how much to have to, to have a bookkeeper to keep count of that offering. The, actually, the offering of that person, uh, the, the widow that gave a few coins, actually, it didn't give any profit to the kingdom of God looking in the natural way. It cost more money for them to account for those few cents than to even, you know. But Jesus was saying, this is the best offering because he looked at the heart. She gave everything. She gave everything that she had. And there's so much impact behind it. Do, do I need a new mic? Check, check. What a break. But honestly, guys, we have uh, so many examples of generosity. I, we, like, I heard stories. I've been through stories in my life. I can spend the whole experience, the whole morning here sharing with you about the power of generosity. We all heard of that story of like a, a McDonald's or a, a Starbucks that people started paying for the car behind. And over a day, people did that nonstop. So I love how generosity moves. I was impacted. Sometimes, like, of course, I know that many times we're more impacted than when we act in generosity than when we receive generosity. But I was also impacted by one time men's generosity that I, I look up to. I remember um, I, I just went to Liberty. It was our first semester out of our class in Brazil. Of 17 students, 11 people, 11 of us went to Liberty. And, man, we, let me just honestly tell you we were broke back then and we had this uh, little connect group that we hosted at the university and I remember this one guy from our church in Brazil came to visit and see what God was doing in our lives there he just wanted to witness get to know the university get to know what God was doing I remember at the end of our little connect group he stood at the door took out a bunch of $100 bills and was giving $100 to everyone that was walking out of the door I was so impacted by that man's generosity. And in fact, he actually invested, I think, into two of those students. He was paying for the full tuition for the four years. And for those that he was investing, he gave actually an additional offering of like $500. So much generosity behind that man's life. That impacted me and says, God, I want to be like that. You know, I want to be able to invest in students that way. And that generosity started to create an impact in my life to live my own testimonies because I, I want to impact others. A simple coffee or, you know, like a groceries to someone that it doesn't matter if they need or not, like you're honoring them through your acts, acts of generosity. And this is something that has to be so common in our midst. Cannot be complicated. It needs to be part of our DNA. And I know our leaders here in this house, they carry this. They carry this in their DNA. They're so generous, Pastor Sean, Pastor Michelle. And guys, we, this needs to be part of our routine, you know? Like you're, you're coming here and say, God, today I want to bless this and this person. I'm going to just pay for their lunch. Do something and create that culture of honor. And there's so much that happens. And that back to the first verse, your enthusiasm is going to move more and more people to begin trusting God and they're going to get the right the right heart behind it and they're going to get the right impacts after and more and more people are going to be moved and touched so I feel like 
the key for our, a greater impact in the next season of kingdom culture lies behind of us understanding the impact that our generosity has. As we invest into each other, we have the potential to call out dreams into other people's lives. Joseph only reached his dream by calling the dreams of others. That was the key for him. And sometimes, like you ask someone, well, what's your dream? Oh, my dream is to travel, I don't know, to Mexico, have a vacation. Why not? Just pour me, hey man, here's $100 towards your dream vacation. Sometimes our dreams, the, some of our dreams that we have are a simple step away. And God can use us in our generosity just to move people and just to touch people and just to touch hearts. Amen? Third, and where I want to focus the most time here this morning is what generosity does, the fruit that it causes, is it prepares us for a revelation. Our attitude, and I shared this a little bit in the pre-experience uh, prayer and worship, which I want to encourage you to be a part every Sunday at 8.50. Join us. We come here. We pray. We're believing before and for the things that God is going to do. But not to sidetrack, our attitude determines the level and the revelation of God that we carry. How many of here think God is good? Amen? About half of you. <laughs> How many here think God is severe? About 25% of you. Let me tell you, if you were to ask me, I have two answers for your question. Number one, He's both. Romans 11, 22, the first part of the verse. Notice how God is both kind and severe. I'm believing in the Bible, so God is both. Okay, so you can be ask, Eduardo, you already answered. So why do you need a second answer? I'd say my second answer, it depends. Let's read the rest of the verse. He's severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. Another verse that just goes along with my point, Psalms 18 says, To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the devious you show yourself shrewd. The word show here also talks about reveal. When you're faithful with what you got, God is going to reveal His faithfulness, His goodness to you in a new way. And I love that your attitude, your posture, your actions, everything that you do, provokes a response in God's heart to reveal yourself to Him. I don't know about you, but in my journey with God, I like getting fresh revelation. I like seeking His presence for new things. I like to see God move in different areas of my life. But for Him to show Himself, I have to learn to expose myself to those areas. And generosity is an area that is hard for so many people, but there's so much benefit when you expose yourself when you open your hearts for that impact, what, is, what has potential to cause? Who, when was 
Jehovah Jireh, the God, our provision, revealed in the Bible. It was in Genesis 22, 14. Who got that revelation? Abraham. Just Thanksgiving, guys. Think of the ham. <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> you ate too much ham this Thanksgiving. You're not thinking straight. God revealed himself as a provider to Abraham. Right? Amen? How did he review himself? I love that he said, what did God requested of Abraham? I want you to give your best, your son. You're going to prepare an offering for me, get everything. And Abraham was walking up the mountain with Isaac. Had everything there, everything ready, everything prepared. He prepared his generosity. Isaac looked at him and says, God, uh, Father, we're just missing one thing, the sacrifice. I can imagine what was going through Abraham's mind in that moment. If my son were to ask me that question, what would I say? How will I respond? It's like, man, you're going to a gas station without a car, said, fill up the tank. Just walking. <laughs> the guy's going to look at you, huh? Are you crazy? Abraham couldn't tell it's you. The kid would run for his life. And he was an old man. He would probably not chase after him. I love what Jesus says in John 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. Abraham had a revelation of provision. He saw Jesus in that moment as he prepared everything, as he exposed his heart for generosity, and he was ready to obey. Jesus revealed himself. And I love because Paul says how what's the mystery of the gospel. It talks about a mystery, but what is this power that revealed so many years before to Abraham that Jesus was coming? And it says, Rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and he was glad. Abraham had a revelation of Jesus when he was ready to be generous. Your attitude determines the revelation of God that you carry. Being open, preparing your generosity will move the heart of God. I want to encourage us in this season to really live out of that place. I know it's, it's hard many times. I, I even wonder sometimes, I come from Brazil, when we give in Brazil, there's no tax receipts. There's nothing you get when you, you're doing your taxes. There's no money back. I wonder what would happen to church giving in Canada, in the U.S., if that wasn't in question. But I believe that if we have the heart right, the, the heart right behind it, giving wouldn't drop. We're not trading because we see the value. And I feel like that's the revelation of generosity that God wants us to lead in. 
is just to trust him and just to open doors and see, God, I want to trust you. I want to see you move. But in order to move, it requires a response from you. It requires your attitude to change. And say, oh, I'm already faithful in my giving. Do, do you want to step up your game and see more miracles? Man, my dream is that every week here from the platform, all we're sharing on our giving encouragement is a testimony from the house of our generosity. That's all we need to share because our house gets it. It's so generous that, man, this time is just an encouragement out of someone's generosity, out of someone's testimony of them exposing their hearts. I believe that when we give, and that's why this area is a little bit touching the church. People don't like, it's not a topic that you guys, I can tell about some face you're not super excited to hear about this morning. But it's the only topic where Jesus says there's another Lord that he mentions in the Bible, Mammon, that can ha grab hold of your hearts. But when you position yourself, you said, this is not a problem for me, I'm positioning myself above, he can deal with you he can work with you in a new way you can receive things from that were blocking you when i was sharing before god's response when we give grudgingly it's not that i believe that god says you know what i'm gonna man destroy this guy's life no he might just hide benefits of generosity hide revelations from you you would be blinded to see some and to access some revelations And I, I believe the invitation that God wants is like, I want my church and my people to see the power that they carry. And that's why Jesus talked more about finances than he did on prayer. But those two topics are super important. And I want to just an example of a man here named Cornelius. Acts 10 verses 1 to 5 says, It says, Aria, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what uh, was known as the Italian regiments. He and his families were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So carry two things here. He gave generously and prayed to God re uh, regularly. One day about, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear and says, what is, what is it, Lord? He asked, the angel answered, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Look at the impact. Look at the power of being generous. Not only his prayers moved, but attaching, you know, attaching with my prayer life, attaching with my actions, doing the right thing, I want to do it in the right manner. I want to be generous. And these prayers move the, 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 God, the heart of God. And I think that it's so easy for us that we come here every Sunday morning and say, what am I going to receive that Sunday morning? It's already a, nat a natural posture. What am I going to take home? The best thing you can take home is an experience with God. And to do so, you have to open yourself to receive from Him. That's why some churches call it service, because you're here to offer something. We're here to offer our worship. We're here to offer ourselves. We're here to sacrifice. We're not here to receive. We're not here interested in just the results that we're going to get. But let me tell you, God is so good that He's got you. 
God is not interested in taking anything from you. I'll say that again. God is not interested in taking anything from you. He wants to give you more, but to receive more, you got to make room for more. And God is encouraging us in this season, Kingdom Culture, you want to have a greater impact in this season? Make room for more. Stretch out a little bit more. Don't hide. Don't hold on to anything in this season. Open your hearts. Take the extra step. And see the benefits of the testimony. If we know, we know, I'm just saying, sharing some testimonies here this morning. There are so many benefits. Why not walking? Why letting fear stop you? I know fear may come when you give. But if you're not ready to give, start trusting with something, God. And I'm not talking only financially. I'm talking with the talents that God gave you. With your time, says, God, I want to be used by you. I want to see the fruit and the impacts that it will have in my life. Generosity will impact your business. I cannot tell you how many business people that are not even Christians that follow the giving principles in the Bible and they have been successful in their businesses. Because a law is a law. What you sow, you're going to reap. And I just want to encourage us in this season just to position. I know it could be like a hard, heavy talk, but it's, it's got to be something that is not complicated, that we can talk and relax and just hear the testimonies, hear the heart of God behind and saying, Hey, God, I'm here to serve. And I want to read one last verse to you and the worship team can uh, come up. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat in the same way he will provide you and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity for you god is giving and he gives you every month both things in your hand he's gonna give you money that is gonna be seeds give you the talents that are gonna be seeds and going to be things that are going to be breads in your life. That it's going to be just for your own provision. And we cannot just use everything that God is giving us just for bread. And that's why it's important to do things first. I noticed that when my wife and I started investing a little bit of money every month, we would do it in the beginning of the month and have it automatically removed from our accounts. We started with $200. This is being invested. Because I knew if that money was sitting at the end of, like, if I did it at the end of the month, that, that money might ha have not been there. Because I didn't value that importance. And the same thing happens with God. I want to put things first. And my prayer to us this morning is that we really shift our hearts in this season. Because I want every single one in this house to experience a revelation of God. Let me tell you, God is good. We sang of His goodness. But I want to see this house full, full of testimonies, full of the goodness of God, the manifestation. And I want to tell you, you carry that. You are a child of God. God sees the value in you, and He wants to use you. He's putting, He's depositing things into your life. Why, you can say, why does God want to use me? 
sometimes. Like, why doesn't he bless someone directly? God loves involving as many people as possible in the process. He is extending an invitation for you to be part of this journey and see God and trust him in this new area.